0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Book Journeys Radio. This is Angela Loria from Journey Girl Publishing, and I am very excited to have with me today a grief coach from Scotland, Tabitha Jane. Tabitha, say hi to everybody. Hello. <laughs> so, um, Tabitha's book that she's going to talk about today is Thriving Lost, Moving Beyond Grief to a Place of Peace, Passion, and Purpose. Um, and every week on on book journeys, what we do is we talk about how uh, authors wrote their first books, what obstacles came up for them, how they completed their book, what they've gotten out of it, what they might do differently, what advice they might give to a first-time author. Um, But I always like to start with just hearing a little bit more um, about the book project itself. So, Tabitha, why don't you tell us about Thriving Loss and why you decided to write this book?
0: Um, Well, let's start with the reason that I decided to write this book. Um, I'm very passionate about grief, hence the title, and obviously being a grief coach, which comes from personal experience of my younger brother dying suddenly um, 10 years ago. It will actually be his 10-year anniversary um, next week. And I wanted to write a book that was inspirational and that was powerful and that could help people move beyond grief, as the title says. Um, So this book is the the culmination of my work and it charts my process that I use when I work with clients worldwide um, called The Tree of Transformation, which is a seven-step process using the tree as a metaphor that takes people through the the five common things that every person needs in order to thrive after a loss and the the two additional aspects that you need, the pre-work and the post-work, to having these five, five aspects in place.
1: So I'm just curious, with the tree metaphor, do you start with the roots and go up or the leaves and work down?
0: No, we go. We start with the roots. Once you identify your tree, you go into the roots and you start in the roots because all transformation begins in the roots.
1: Fascinating. And so it sounds like this was a process that you had already been working with. Um, what you wrote, the topic of your book, there wasn't, was there research that you had to do to write it or were you really kind of writing down something you had already been using? um i was it was
0: was kind of like both because i'd been in the field of grief and loss for quite a few years so i'd already done the research um so it it was kind of handy because I, i knew where to go i was like oh i need to put this person and that person that person so i would just go back to books that i'd already read in building up my tree of transformation process um so it wasn't so heavy on research it was more okay This is my process, and how do I relate it to all the the existing research out there? How do I get other people's stories in to illustrate what I'm talking about? Um, Which was a whole interesting aspect of of writing a book that I've never, ever thought about before.
1: And, you know, another thing that comes up when I'm working uh, as a book coach with my clients is they often want to write a book that is a self-help or a how-to or a... You know somewhat of an advice book like this one is, but they also want to tell their story um in almost a memoir style. Did you include aspects of your story in this book?
0: yeah, I did i mean i I think it's it's important for any self help book that you you start with your own personal experience, your own personal journey, so that you're you're building a connection and a rapport. Um, I know many people have said to me, Well, I want to hear somebody's own personal grief story before they start telling me about how to work with my own. So I blended my my personal story throughout the book at the same time. So it was it wasn't it wasn't quite a memoir, um, but it was self help with aspects of my own experience coming through it.
1: And was that uh was that one of the like easier things for you or was that one of the harder things?
0: Um I think that was the harder thing because – or the easiest thing rather than the harder thing mm. because I talk or I write as I talk, so sometimes it was easier to illustrate a point mm. just by saying, mm. well, this is going back to me and this is what I did here and this then allows me to springboard the point further on and develop it.
1: Interesting. That's that's great. So um... – I know, because we, we've talked a little bit beforehand, I know that you actually wrote your book pretty quickly. You, you kind of did a, what, it took about two months to actually write it when you sat down to write
0: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it took how a long time long... to get to the two months.
1: Okay, but how long were you kind of working on it in your head before that? Um, before you I actually think... sat down to write?
0: Yeah, I think the idea... Um of the book probably took a year in my head before I actually put pen to paper Um, because I didn't, I knew what I wanted to write but I wasn't quite sure of how it would, how I would structure it, what I would what format it would take, what I even what content I wanted to put in it there so um, it really, yeah it was a year of thinking about it and then two months of writing it.
1: And so how did you get clear? What were some of the things that helped you get clarity? Um I
0: think because I was working with clients, it was incredibly helpful to go, okay, well, I'm working with my clients, what am I doing with them? And from developing the Tree of Transformation model and working with it, it was like, well, I want to write a book on grief, duh, I need to use the process. So it was paying more attention to what was going on in the sessions with my clients Um, because that gave me a lot of clarity and inspiration around, okay, well, these are things that I need to be talking about and mentioning in my book. Um, I also went and researched, well, what other books have in them what you know what's a good practice in in books and what's the structure of a book what how would that be so i mean i did some training and um went to a few seminars to get that information um to give me the clarity of how to structure it and how to put what was in my head into a way that people could relate to on paper interesting
1: and now that your book and and you released your book what about three months ago right
0: Yes, it will be about three months ago.
1: Are there things now that you've had a chance to put it out there and get feedback that you would change about the structure as it developed? Um, do you think that process was a, one you would recommend?
0: No, I'm I'm happy with the structure um, and how I laid out the chapters. I'm really happy with that. I think it's it's more that if there was anything that I would change, I think as authors, we are always very critical, and there's chapters that I'm like, "Mm, I could have developed that content and gone deeper here. I could have added that aspect. I could have done that. Or I could have even put an extra chapter in on this. Um, So it's it's more about additional content that I could have put in.
1: That sounds like a second book. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Even more about thriving from loss. (laughs) Um, So what else? You know, one of the big things, one of my big goals is... um, to have authors help help new authors so they don't make the same mistakes. So what are some things that you wish you knew, that you wish you listened to before you wrote the book or that you wish you heard before you wrote your book? What do you think would have helped you the most?
0: Um. I think it's important to learn more about your writing style to start off with um, because i spent a lot of time, a lot of advice says, it doesn't matter, just write, just go and put pen to paper. And I was doing this and I was going, right, I'm following this, you know, I'm I'm practicing this writing and it was utter drivel. And (laughs) I looked at it and none of it was useful. And what I actually found was that I liked to write and edit at the same time which is not necessarily recommended but I would write it and it would flow, and then I would leave away and come back to it so in effect I wrote my first draft and edited it at the same time so it was a complete manuscript so by the time I got it to my publishers he says well this is actually like the equivalent of getting a you know a high quality good second draft from somebody and that was so helpful for me, but that was discovering my writing style and honoring the way that I worked, which was completely different to a lot of the advice that was going on there. So that is something that if I'd known earlier, I think I would have had more confidence to go with that rather than trying different avenues.
1: Yeah, I love that advice. You know, one of the ways that I work with people, um, particularly people who are blocked, is I interview them. And then mm. we take a transcript of that interview as a first draft, which is a very, very muddy first draft, but mm. which requires a lot of editing, right? But it gives them um what I always say is it defeats the blank page, right? So it gives yep. them words on a yep. page that they're moving around. And a lot of times I work with clients and that is like a huge success. They get over their writer's block, they get a first draft, a second draft a lot faster. Um, But occasionally I've had clients that I've worked with that that just really didn't work for. And Mm. as a coach, sometimes I miss it because it's worked with so many other people that I like, you know, I keep going kind of full speed ahead. And um, I think one of the things I've learned as a coach more is to really help my authors kind of tune into their intuition about what's working for them. So there could be a great idea there could be, you know, ninety percent of writers find that you should never edit as you go along. But if mm. it works for you, it's really saying owning. One of the things I have people do is um, start putting author on their business card or on their signature line on their email because it's really owning that I can actually do it my own way. <laughs> I can, yeah. I can be my kind of author, my kind of writer, whatever. So I think that's yeah. great advice. Um, how about just in terms of it sounds like you had a grief coaching business when you did your book. Were you thinking of your book as a way to get more clients or clients that weren't local? What What was the goal for you for your book? Um, there was a few goals.
0: I mean, initially, um, there was a personal goal, which was clarifying what I was doing in the sessions with my clients and my process. So the whole process of writing the book allowed me to get really clear on what I was doing when I was working with clients so that I was able to own that better. Um, But it also had a a secondary reason of I I wanted to get my message out to more people, I wanted to get more clients, and I wanted to raise my profile and also have the added credibility of being able to say, well, I actually am an author as well, and here's my book. Mm.
1: And so what what of that has come true? (laughs) Was that – did that – work
0: out? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it has all worked out. I mean, it's it's an interesting experience um, because I'm I'm learning as I'm going through it that um, writing the book is actually the easy part, um, which if somebody had said that to me when I'd started, I would have gone, are you sure? Um, but that, you know, once you've got that out the road, then it's the whole marketing. And I, I hadn't prepared for how much effort and maintenance goes into the continual marketing and raising of awareness. Um, but it has been very successful. I mean, the food feedback that I've got from people, I mean, I, I had somebody email me and say, God, I'm so grateful this is the book that I've been waiting 11 years to read. Mm. And wow. when you get an email like that, you're like, wow. You That's know, I've, why we
1: do this stuff.
0: Exactly. That is that is why we do this stuff. Um, so it, it has got me more clients. It's raised my visibility. It's given me the added credibility. Um, so it, it has been successful in that retrospect, and I'm, I'm excited about writing more books now because I've really enjoyed my writing experience.
1: Yeah, well, I always say it's a little bit of an addiction. Very few people write one book. Once you get through the first one, it just keeps going from there.
0: Yeah, I can I so, can
1: understand that. So you mentioned marketing, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and how it sounds like beforehand, you didn't. Did you think much about marketing before you wrote your book? Um, I did um,
0: think about marketing. I've realised not as in depth as what I potentially mm-hmm. could have, because my my head was so busy expanded on. I need the structure of the book, and I need this, and I need that. And okay, so I, you know, I, I was building a platform at the same time. Um, I had a limited budget, so. I was doing a lot of stuff myself, and there was only some things that I could outsource to other people. Um, and I'm also the type of person that learns more as they go into something, rather than okay. the pre, the pre, the pre, the pre-planning of it. So I was aware of it, but not as aware as what I could have been. And if there was any advice to budding writers out there that I would give is. Take more time and, okay, you've got a good structure for your book. Before you even get the book, know what your marketing plan is before you even start writing the book because that will then help you um, gain momentum and gain clarity and gain greater greater results further down the line.
1: So when you were thinking about your book before, you know, before it was out and you would think about who's going to read my book and how are they going to get their book in their hands, Mm -hmm. what do you think if you go back to you, before the book was done, how did you think people were going to end up with your book in their hands? Um, like, were you I thinking about bookstores or were you thinking about, you know, people would find your website in the middle of the night?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it was a combination of people would find find my website. I mean, it was on Amazon. I would be out there doing some online promotions I'm also a great believer in word of mouth, so it was a case of, okay, who are the people that I can, I can approach to get word of mouth out about my book, you know, other credible people in the field that would read my book and recommend it, um, and where are the places, um, I wasn't so fussed about bookstores, um, and with it being okay. a brief book, it's a case of, well, how can I get it into hospices, for example, um, because oh. having it as a resource in a hospice, Um It's going to be useful for me. So it's it's thinking about those places where people are going to be that want to read your book.
1: So basically beforehand you have this sort of general idea of, you know, someone will be Googling and find me or someone will tell a friend, oh, you know, I know you're struggling with that. You should look up, you know, thrivingloss.com and you'll read about it. And now when you're talking about having more of a marketing plan, it's being really like – I need to have a list of hospices that I'm calling to say, how can I get a book in your hospice gift shop or something? So it's exactly. sort of going from the more general people will find me word of mouth to how exactly will they and what's the, what are the steps I need to take to help make that happen?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: Right. And I think, too, the more, um, you know, the, the more the further along you get, the more specific you can be. You know, sometimes you can't be specific at the beginning of the process because you're not thinking necessarily about hospices. Um, mm. But once you, you know, a lot for a lot of people, it's once they get their book in their hand, they're like, oh, this wasn't exactly, this is a little different than I thought it would be. So I do think it's great advice to say think that out beforehand. Imagine you have your book done. Now how are people going to find out about it? Mm. Yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit more about, um, about your process for writing your book. So a lot of people, even people with um, a specific niche and a specific business like you have, say, I want to write my book, but they mm. start it and they don't, they don't finish it. They have it, you know, you kind of talked about a year or so that you were noodling on it, and mm. a lot of my clients have been noodling for a lot longer than a year. So mm-hmm. what do you think What do you think worked for you in terms of actually sitting down and writing it? What was your process and, and why do you think you reached that goal?
0: Um, first of all, I was getting very clear on the structure of how many chapters I was going to have in the book, what the titles of the chapters were going to be, what they were going to deal with, how the book would flow. And then I... I gave myself a month. I was actually abroad. Um, I used to live in Spain, so I was ty- tying up loose ends there. So I spent three weeks um, phoning people, getting the interviews for the stories, and then for a week, the last week that I was in Spain, I took myself off to the country, and I had no internet, I had no phone. It was just me and it was a computer, and that was it. And I spent the whole week just writing on it and that block time was incredibly powerful for me because literally I had nothing to do. I couldn't distract myself by going and checking my emails. I couldn't go and phone anybody. It was just me and the computer and this awareness that I have to write this book. So having that space of this week where I would be writing and if I got stuck, I would go for a walk or I would take a nap or I would you know, make myself a cup of tea and really be really relaxed and really taking care of myself and giving myself that space to write and i i wrote six chapters of the book in that week
1: wow that yeah. is awesome do you so a lot of people talk about writing you know i don't know a thousand words a day or writing every morning for an hour before they check their email or things like that but it sounds like you had more of a sprint approach where you wrote it in longer chunks of time right
0: Yeah, I mean, I I did that block, and what was really interesting for me is the next five chapters took me a month to write because I had the email and the internet, and I was back home, and I was working with clients, and I was doing other stuff. So for me to actually see this, if I, you know, when I write another book, I would take myself away for a month, block the time out and say, this is a month, you're going away to create a book. Think of it as an extended holiday, but you're writing a book and I yes. would just take a month and create that schedule. I
1: absolutely love that suggestion. I was going to ask you for your second book, do you think you would actually, you know, go away from the Internet and sit down and write? And it sounds like you would. I think that's a great suggestion for people who maybe are feeling a little blocked or they don't have enough momentum, even if you can't do a month, which obviously would be nice. But even if you mm-hmm. block out a weekend to get kind of a – um you know it's like like a jump start on things where maybe you could write a chapter or two chapters in a weekend and feel like you're moving faster through it. Um, sometimes writing in a long chunk like that also gives you more of a flow and you don't have the interruption to try and pick up and say, "Wait, where was I? What point was I making? What verb tenses was I using? What was my voice sounding like?" And so mm. a lot of times books that are written like that kind of have a nice flow to them because you're in the same conversation. Yeah. Um, and then for did you make your decision about how you were going to publish your book before you started writing?
0: I did. Um, I'd looked into um, the pros and cons of getting a publisher, and I was quite frankly too impatient. Um, when I found out that, you know, I'd have to submit it, and then it could take up to a year and a half before it got in the bookshelf, I thought... I don't have 18 months to wait. I want my book out now in the world, making a difference to other people. So I am decided to self-publish.
1: And did you do that yourself or did you work with a third party? How did you do that?
0: I worked with a, a third party. I went through, um, I suppose it's technically called assisted self-publishing. Um, so I went mm-hmm. to Balboa Press um, and they oh, okay. handled all all the the aspects of, you know, getting the, the ISBN numbers and doing the, the layout and this and that and designing the cover. So they did all that. I just had to give them the completed manuscript. And within, I think it was two and a half months, they would got through it all and it was ready to actually get out on the shelf.
1: That's fantastic. So I recommend Balboa Press um, to a lot of people, partly because of their relationship with Hay House. Was that something mm. that was interesting to you?
0: Oh, definitely. I mean I, I looked at other publishing companies and I thought, well, if I'm going to self publish, that was a huge sweetener, the the potential that it could get picked up by Hay House um if I sold enough copies of it. So that that was definitely what made me go for Balboa over anybody else.
1: Yeah, I that's I think a big that's a big plus for them. Um but they're also definitely not one of the cheaper author funded options. Um, mm. It was um probably a you know a couple thousand dollar investment at least
0: yeah um
1: so how did you weigh that? you know the time versus money equation? How did you make that decision?
0: Um, that's a very good question. How did I make that decision? I think it was just made. I went with my gut instinct. And mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, Balboa, I like this connection. The hay house feed mm-hmm. good. That's a good opportunity. And yep, I I have the the resources there available to invest in this. Um Did you I think about do doing it. it
1: yourself? Or um, if you felt like you needed the technical help, like you didn't want to learn how to do kind of all the technical aspects?
0: Um I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, with hindsight just now, having seen and um, having done a bit more research, I think I probably could have done it all myself. But it was nice not to have the stress and worry and to know that, okay, I could edit this, I could check the amendments, I could send it off. And they were doing all the little bits so that I could just get on um, with other aspects of my business. I mean, that was very freeing at that moment in time. Um, saying that so, Um, would I would I do it all myself again next time I don't know I'd have to see where I was if I had the time I've gained a greater understanding I don't think it would be that hard to do it myself um,
1: right I guess it's weighing kind of convenience and, and cost like you can do it yourself but are you going to do it as well and how much of your time do you want to spend on it and I think that's a a decision that people who are self publishing really have to ask themselves because mm. it's definitely, you know, it's it's definitely easier to outsource it for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I as my business gets busier and busier, I appreciate the outsourcing aspects <laughs> a lot um because it seems to speed everything up. Um, so if you know if the speed is a is, is a key issue, outsourcing is definitely far more effective than than teaching yourself.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so you didn't work with an agent; you just worked directly with the publisher. Yep. And you had um, did you have like a single point of contact at Balboa that took care of um, kind of all the various aspects of publishing and distribution and all that?
0: Um I think I had about two con- contacts because there was one contact when it was going through the the editing process and then I had another contact for the book cover design. So I I had two contacts but they were both very very efficient, very friendly and kept me up to date and posted with what was going on.
1: And then how about now? How often will you get like royalty reports or do you have a dashboard you can log into to see how sales are going? How do you get visibility into that? Um, They do
0: actually have a dashboard. Um, It wasn't working last time I went on, which was a couple of months ago, and I made the decision to say, well, I will wait um, until the royalties come in, which I think, if I remember correctly, the royalties are doing next month, Um, partly because I thought my most important mission and goal with this book is getting my message out there. It's not about making money and selling copies. So... I didn't want initially to get caught up in, oh, I've only or sold, sorry, that's bad English. Mm-hmm. X amount of copies or I've sold great. You know, so I, 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 either way I thought I can get too excited and get too complacent or I can mm-hmm. get too motivated because I've not sold enough. So let's just go and do what you said you were going to do, know that it's getting out there, make a difference, and then a few months down the line reevaluate and move on to the next part of the process and figure out how you're going to continue selling copies of the book.
1: Very nice. I love that philosophy. Um, and, and obviously, you told that great story of kind of getting an email saying, this is the book I've been waiting for. I think it's, you know, a few of those emails is worth one sales report, you know, easily, multiple times over.
0: Exactly. I mean, we we as authors write, the book because we want to help other people. So when somebody takes the time to write an email and tell you how it's helped them or tell you about something that they've put into action, that they've done because they've read your book, how it's inspired them, those are the things that make you want to keep on doing what you're doing, not a sales report.
1: Hmm. Beautiful. Okay, so in our last few minutes, I always ask people this question as the last question. Um, And basically that is... About the, as you're thinking back on this process, what had surprised you the most? What was different than you expected? It could be good or bad, but what, what, how is it different than you thought it would be?
0: Um, How was it different? I would actually say it's a lot easier than I actually thought it would be. Um, I think we have an idea in our head that writing a book it can be so difficult and so challenging and once I got past all the the brain funk and wondering how I was going to do it and actually got into the flow of writing it came really easily naturally and sometimes I'd look at what I've written and go oh my god I can't believe that's just come out of me that's too good that you know has to be divinely um, written or something because I'd look at it and go wow I just can't believe that I've written that that's good. Um, so mm. that's what surprised me the most.
1: I think that's, that's absolutely beautiful. And um, I also think you've done a great job of talking about how the book is a part of your business and that mm. it helps you in terms of clients and credibility, um, but that the book, you know, a, a lot of people think the book is going to become their business. They're going to suddenly become, you know, the author or the best-selling author or whatever, and then that becomes the heart of your business. But really, it's, uh, you know, a way of supporting your business, and it's one part of it, but it doesn't become the main business.
0: Yeah, most definitely.
1: Yeah, so I think that's great. So um, I have loved talking to you. I know that... um, there are people on the call who have been are on the listening to this recording and um, the show, and, and they have been motivated by what you said about writing your book, but there may also be people who are interested in getting your book, and they can do that at thrivingloss.com um, exactly. or at Amazon. Uh, Tabitha Jane, Thriving Lost, Moving Beyond Grief to a Place of Peace, Passion, and Purpose. So thank you very much, Tabitha, and um, I'll I'll be following you online.
0: <laughs> thank you very much, Angela. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you and hopefully inspiring a lot of people to get pen to paper and get their books out there too.
1: Yay. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.